With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How's it going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, brand new episode here coming to you as we just got done watching the National Predators play their first game of the 2022-23 season, and uh, they didn't disappoint. They came off a little sluggish. They did score that initial goal from Keith Sherwood, but then the San Jose Sharks kind of settled in a little bit and started making things interesting. This is your host, Chad Minton, here for Catfish on Ice Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, as we're giving you instant reaction here from the National Predators, getting a 4-1 season-opening win over the San Jose Sharks at the NHL Global Series in Prague, Czech, Czech Republic. Really fun game to watch. It was, I would have to say, it was a little closer then maybe what the final score indicates, especially early on, that first period was um, was it was a close one. I mean, yes, the, the National Predators uh, got that quick initial goal to make it one nothing from Kiefer Sherwood. First of all, if you had Kiefer Sherwood on your bingo card to score the first goal of the National Predators season, then you need to also go play the lottery tonight. You need to start making all the predictions because. No one saw that coming, most likely. Um, one of the big surprises out of training camp is Kiefer Sherwood. Um, and he scores what I would just call a very hardworking goal. He was battling on the boards. He was getting possession for his line mates. And then he ends up crashing the net, finding a loose puck. And it wasn't the prettiest of goals. It's not a goal that you're going to see all over the highlight reels and the top plays and all that stuff. But it still counts as a goal, and it's the first goal of the season for the Predators. And really happy for for Kiefer Sherwood because he was an under-the-radar pickup over the offseason. No one was really talking about it. And um, he ends up delivering with that big-time goal to break the ice and get the Predators on the board. But the San Jose Sharks, they weren't messing around early on. First of all, let's talk about this matchup on paper before we get too ahead of ourselves here. The Predators did exactly what they should have done in this game today, which is beat the San Jose Sharks, a team that they're way better than on paper. And that's what they did. Didn't start off, even though Sherwood scores this early goal, it didn't start off that way. The Sharks pushed back. Uh, Tomas Hurdle in his hometown, which is a great story, such an awesome story. You love to see that. Ties the game at 1-1 um, with what was the remnants of a Preds penalty kill um, that expired, but the puck was loose. Soros is scrambling in the crease, and... Tomas Hurdle has an open net and slams it home, gets a goal in his hometown. Great story. But at that point in the game, the Sharks actually had some control. And we had to see if UC Soros was shaking the rust off quickly. And to his credit, he did that. Because the Predators took another penalty not too long after the Sharks tied it. And Soros had to flash his pad a couple times to keep the Sharks from taking a 2-1 to lead, which is basically the turning point of that entire game. Uh, Soros had to come up really, really clutch on the Preds' penalty kill a couple times there to keep this game close. And then eventually, the personnel on the Preds, the superior roster that the Predators have over a rebuilding Sharks team, took over and... You saw the Predators take over on the scoreboard. In that second period, the Predators really seized control of this game. Um, 15 shots to nine shots to the Sharks in the second period. 
kind of gives you a little bit of an illustration there. But um, Ellie Tolvanen gets the second goal of the game for the Predators with just a um, a sniper of a goal. Um, seemingly a play that looked very um, not dangerous at all if you're watching it from a Sharks perspective. The puck kind of enters the zone, but there's not really anything set up. And Tolvanen, with his ability that we all know about, we've been waiting to see more of, um, he just kind of picks a spot right above Reimer's shoulder, um, his left shoulder, hits it top corner of the of the net. Perfect, perfectly placed, accurate shot. Pinpoint accuracy. And the Predators go up two to one suddenly. And you're feeling pretty good about it at that point because that's kind of when the Predators seize control of this game. You started seeing them get way more sustained pressure in the shark zone. Uh, Soros wasn't under as much pressure as you saw in the first period, and it started looking a lot better. Uh, as you're seeing there at the bottom of the screen, ultimately the Preds get goals from Sherwood. Tolvanen, Nino Niederreiter in his Preds debut gets a goal. We're going to talk a little bit more about that goal as well. And then kind of in garbage time, but still counts. In the last minute of the game, Matt Duchesne gets a goal. So um, all around, when the game gets in its entirety, the Preds take care of business, quote-unquote. They do what they're supposed to do. They beat a Sharks team that has very, very little preseason expectations. I know the Sharks players won't tell you that. Every team believes they can win. But... From the outside perspective, the Sharks are not expected to be a very strong playoff contender this year. And whereas the Predators, they had a pretty um, busy offseason, if you've been paying attention, obviously. And the expectations coming out of the preseason are higher for the Predators than they've probably been, I would say, since 2019, if that's fair to say since the season they were going into when they won the President's Trophy and lost to the Winnipeg Jets in the second round. Very heartbreaking. Um, And they were going into that following season, 2018-19. You still felt like the Predators were a legitimate contender and, and whatnot, and they went into that postseason against the Dallas Stars in the first round. You felt like they were favorites. Our sights were set on what will they do in the second round and in the conference finals, not about the first round. And then what do you know, the Dallas Stars take them out in six games, and it's been all downhill since then. So since that, I haven't felt this high of confidence in a Predators team going into the season as I do now. So coming into this game against the San Jose Sharks, first of all, hockey never happens as scripted. You can look at the rosters on paper and stack them against each other. And okay, it upsets happen all the time. This isn't college football where it's number one, Alabama going up against Western Carolina or an FCS school. No offense to any of those teams, but it's just different. Any team can beat any team on any given day, especially the first game of the season. But on paper, You felt like the Predators should win this game, and that's what they did. So credit to them for that. They settled down. They played their game. They played a smart game. I felt like after we got through that second period and the Predators really took control of the momentum of the game, that they settled in defensively, and Soros did not get tested very much after that. And that third period might have lulled you to sleep a little bit, but that's okay because at that point the Predators already had a three-to-one lead and the Sharks didn't get too many other opportunities after that. The Sharks only put up nine shots on goal in that third period. Um, The Predators only put up six. It was a very boring third period, but that's okay when you have a three-to-one lead. Uh, That's fine. That's perfectly fine. So um, the Predators get off to a good start. Um, just looking over some things, I want to circle back to the Niederreiter goal. First of all, really cool to see Nino Niederreiter score in his Preds debut, but let's give all the respect and credit that is owed to Dante Fabro for doing things that we just want to see him do more of. 
He just hasn't evolved into that player yet. That's why he was in trade speculations all offseason. And one game's not going to change that. But that play that he made to get Nino Niederreiter that goal, <laughs> give me more of that, inject that into my veins. He baited the defender. He baited, the, he baited James Reimer into thinking he was going to shoot. And I would have to go back and really look at the goal really hard. But if memory serves me, short-term memory serves me correctly, he could have probably shot that puck and no one would have blamed him. Probably would have been a routine save for, for Reimer. And no one would have thought twice about it. But instead, he makes a really smart offensive decision. Veteran decision, if you will. To hit a flashing Niederreiter who... Niederreiter's been in that position plenty of times in his career. He knows how to bury goals. And guess what he does? That's exactly what he does. And Reimer has no chance to stop that because it was a great feed from Fabro. Awesome to see that the defensemen got involved today in the offensive attack for the National Predators. And normally you would say, oh, well, that means Roman Yossi probably put up a couple points today. Nope. Not to say Roman Yossi had a bad game, but Roman Yossi has no points today. Puts up three shots on goal. Served a couple penalty minutes. Had a three block shots. It's not like he had a bad game. 24 minutes of ice time. But you get your uh, points from defensemen today from Matthias Ekholm, who also took a stick to the face. Glad to see he's okay. Ryan McDonough, another new addition of the team. He, he gets an assist, gets a point in his first game with the Predators. And then, of course, as I just mentioned, Dante Fabro also gets an assist, a pretty assist on that goal from Nino Niederreiter. So great stuff from the Predators as they settled in. UC Soros, let's talk about him. Makes 30 saves on 31 shots face in his return to action since that injury. Um, I was, so going into the game, I had four X factors, players who I just felt like these players would be key players to this game for winning. Just players that I had circled on my radar. One of them didn't even end up playing today. That was before, that was before I found out Jeremy Lausanne was going to get pulled out of the lineup and Mark Borowiecki would get in, which I'm totally okay with, first of all. Have mad respect for Borowiecki. He is a great rotational defenseman. I'll be interested interested to see how much Borowiecki actually plays this year. How many games does he actually start? Because talking about a seventh defenseman, you got your top three defensive pairs. You got your six defensemen that you're probably going to play most of the time. Mark Borowiecki is a hell of a seventh player to have to put in there when you need him. So he gets the start, actually, and it kind of surprised a lot of people. It came within the first 30 minutes before puck drops. I'll give Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports credit because he was the first uh, person I came across who shared the news that Jeremy Lazan was not going to play, and it was going to be Mark Borowiecki. He was one of my four, but I did have UC Soros as one of my X factors going into this game, and my biggest reason why was how is he going to look? because this is his first action aside from his one preseason game, which he looked pretty good in, but it's preseason. Let's be honest. I wanted to see, is it going to take a period for him to settle in, to shake the rust off? Is he going to give up a soft goal or two and possibly put the Preds in a hole? He is human, by the way. It would, no one would fault him for it if that happened. But guess what? I didn't see any rust whatsoever from UC Soros. I did not. The one goal that the Sharks scored from Hurdle, come on now. That was just a loose puck bouncing around. It was gangbusters. It was all over the it was all over in the crease. And Hurdle finds the puck and he's it's like a equivalent of a slam dunk in hockey for Hurdle to score that goal. So Saros, aside from that, basically pitches a shutout in his first game back. So I give UC Saros an A plus in his first game back. A-plus. Not going to even mess around with grades here and say, oh, 
I'll give him an A minus because he could have done this, could have done no. Soros gets an A plus for me. He looked really, really good, really sharp in his first game back. Again, 30 saves on 31 shots. He wasn't going up against the Colorado Avalanche by any means. He was going up against the San Jose Sharks, a team that we kind of saw this, honestly, in this game. The Sharks are not a deep team. It's the reason why almost no one has been picked to make the playoffs. Um, They're a team that's fully in a rebuild. What I call them on the same level as the Coyotes, or the Blackhawks is in terms of rebuilds. No, they're maybe slightly better than those teams, but they're way down there. They're way, way, way down there in the Western Conference. Um, you're always going to get surprises throughout the course of an NHL season, and the Sharks do have some decent quality pieces that could maybe take them further than what people expect. But at least going into the season, no one is expecting anything special from the San Jose Sharks. So there's no reason to run around and get too overly amped up over this win. We're just excited because hockey is back. That's what we're doing here in this instant post-game reaction on Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten, your host here. Uh, brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Promo code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app with an awesome offer for you NHL fans right now. So go do that. So, yes, UC Soros was one of my X factors. Didn't get to play. He got hurt at the end of the last season, and the rest is history. The Preds get swept for the first time in franchise history. No one is saying if Soros plays in that series against the Avalanche last year that the Preds would have won somehow miraculously. No, I don't think they get swept they at least take it to five, maybe even six games. I think that's how special and how much of a difference Soros maybe could have made in that series. But the point is, coming into this game, it would have been perfectly acceptable and understandable, at least from my perspective, if he would have maybe had a little bit of rust. He didn't show it. He looked very locked in, mid-season form. It's a great thing to see. We're coming with the back-to-back here in this global series. They got to turn around and play the Sharks again tomorrow at the same time, same place from Prague. And uh, we're going to see Kevin Lankinen, who looked really, really good in the preseason. And it's a resurrecting kind of year year for Kevin Lankinen, who no one's going to fault him for having a horrible year with the Blackhawks because that entire team is a mess. So you can't blame him for that. But what can he do? He's trying to resurrect his career, his hockey career. He's a very young goaltender. Very different than the David Riddick situation. David Riddick's a little bit older. Yes, he was also looking to resurrect his NHL career. But Lankanen is a much younger goaltender. He still has starter aspirations in this league. Not to say Riddick doesn't, but it's just a different situation in my eyes. So Lankanen... I feel good about him be, uh, being the back-to-back starter to Soros in these back-to-backs. And we're going to see it very quickly tomorrow um, in this global series against this same Sharks team. The Predators have a good chance to start the season off fast, 2-0. and Then they get a long break to come back to the United States. Then they got to play the Dallas Stars, everybody. I mean, an old friend here. Old friend, Dallas Stars, they get to play them twice. So you're playing two teams in the first four games of the season. Now, I can promise you the Dallas Stars are going to be a much more worthy adversary than the San Jose Sharks. No no offense to the San Jose Sharks fans that might watch this video. Don't take it personally. Your team is rebuilding. It's going to be okay. Um, But the Dallas Stars, that's going to be where – the rubber meets the road. We'll see how much this team's ready. Soros opens the season, and he's going to get a six-day break before he has to really, really be ready against the Dallas Stars on October 13th at home at Bridgestone Arena. And um, we'll go from there. Dallas Stars, they get themselves Jason Robertson. They finally re-sign him. Um 
that was a mess. I wasn't sure. We were all wondering what is going on with Jason Robertson. But he gets re-signed. He makes them instantly a quality team in this division. you got to take him serious. The Stars and the Preds, there's no love lost there. So, it's early in the season we get this, but take care of business against a team you're better than. Do it again. They did it to open the season. The Preds did today. Better do it again on Saturday. Open up 2-0. Feel good about yourselves. Coming out of this game, what do I feel like they really need to work on? I mean, it's the same old stuff we were talking about going into the season. Just they almost got themselves into some trouble with some bad penalties to start this game in Soros. As we know, bailed them out. That's what you, that's what you have a Vesna goaltender for. But the Sharks could have easily taken the 2-1 lead, and then who knows how the game unfolds after that. But that did not happen. And the Preds take control of the game after that with their um, with their talent that that supersedes what the Sharks have at their disposal. And then uh, let's talk about real quick before we let you go here again. This is Chad Mitten, host of Catfish on Ice, doing instant post game reaction of the Preds season opener against the Sharks as they win four to one. Um. So yeah, how about Luke Cunning? Um, let go by the Predators over the offseason. He loves to go to the penalty box, and he went to the penalty box a couple times in this game. Um, that felt kind of nice, you know, because it was like, even though we know the Predators are still going to probably be, if I was a betting man, I would say top five in the league probably in penalties this year. They're still going to be a very highly penalized team. But to at least see that Luke Cunning is also still going to the penalty box with his new team kind of made me feel a little good. Not going to lie. Um, not going to lie about that at all. I don't have any ill will towards Luke Cunning. I think he's a hardworking player. He's very aggressive, and it works to his disadvantage sometimes. But Luke Cunning uh, logged some big minutes. He was he played on the top line tonight today for the Sharks, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Logged tw- over 21 minutes of ice time for the Sharks today. So Luke Cunning is into a big role for this rebuilding Sharks team, and we saw it right away in his revenge game. Um, I wish all the best to Luke Cunning. I think he's a really good guy, but I'm glad that we're not taking all of his penalties anymore because um, we don't need any more because we have plenty of guys who take penalties on this team already. Um, Matt Benning is on this team now, another player from last season that just wasn't retained by the Predators. Uh, he also took a couple penalty minutes in this game, laid out four hits, took a block shot, and 15 minutes of ice time. Nick Benino is a former Nashville Predator. We love Nick Benino. Um, he's getting towards the end of his career, but he put four shots on goal in this game, uh, had a block shot, over 16 minutes of ice time, was also in the faceoff circle, won most of his faceoffs. So Nick Benino is still a big part of this team as well for the Sharks. Um, you still got Eric Carl. Another moment I want to talk about. Maybe some people didn't don't remember this moment. It was getting towards the end of the game. The Predators were in control, but you had a little bit of a scrum in front of the goaltender, and uh, it looks like the elder statesman that is Eric Carlson, who I believe is in his God, he's like in, at least in his thirteenth or fourteenth NHL season. He's been around since two thousand nine. Um, a great defenseman in his own right. He was the 15th overall pick in 2008, so great defenseman. Probably a little past his prime when it comes to trying to start um, little tussles with Tanner Janot, but it, it, it kind of looked funny because it looked like he was trying to get under the skin and kind of rough up as a veteran, rough up Tanner Janot. Janot laughed it off, moved his mask up a little bit, moved his visor up a little bit. But it's like, uh, come on, man. Come on, Eric Carlson. You, you probably don't want to be mixing gloves with uh, Tanner Janot at this point in your career. So uh, it didn't end up happening. But um, Mark Borowiecki got in on a brawl today, and that was fun to see. You saw some uh, tweets out there saying, welcome, hockey is back. And it was Mark Borowiecki. Uh, throwing haymakers out there, which is what we all know him to see. Um, the second episode of Behind the Glass from NHL Network, which is 
so freaking good, by the way. Um, I'm enjoying the series very, very much. Um, I got, I just gotta say Mark Borowiecki is like, I don't even care if what he brings offensively. I know he doesn't bring much. You cannot, you can, you really can't measure the value that a player like Mark Borowiecki brings to a team. Um, there's no analytics. There's no stat sheet. There's no – you can't measure what he does. And I, I, I really – I know that sounds kind of corny and cheesy in a way, but you really can't because – and you saw it kind of in what he talked about in the second episode of Behind the Glass. I mean, first of all, he's bringing awareness to mental health. You're talking about a career path – um, in all professional sports, not just hockey, where we all build these athletes up is these untouchable heroes, just these athletic specimens, almost like robots in a way. And that they don't have emotions, they don't have feelings, they don't go through things. And we just think, oh, they make millions of dollars, so they must be fine. They must be perfect. And it's like, no, <laughs> these people are also going through their own battles that everyone goes through as humans. And so I, I can't applaud Mark Borowiecki enough for being a champion of this cause for all these younger players that might be coming into the league that might be dealing with things. And maybe they're afraid to come out and show weakness, which is what uh, Burrow brought up in the episode. Um, I just – I love the dude. And so when I found out he was playing today, even though I'm, I, I do really want to see what Jeremy Lazan can bring to this team, uh, what I saw from Borowiecki in that episode and what I saw him do today and what I see him do every time he plays, he leaves it all on the ice. He's a mentor to these younger players, and he's a great piece to this National Predators team, and you're going to see that. Um, all the penalty minutes aside that he might bring to the team, we'll, we'll live with that. We'll live with that. But um, so I, I thought that was awesome to see him play. Um, overall, feeling very encouraged about this first game of the 2022-23 season. Got 81 more to go, so let's not get too high or too low here here on Catfish on Ice. Um, but feeling pretty good about it. This is Chad Mitten, your host, brought to you by DraftKings here with Catfish on Ice podcast, part of Hockey Podcast Network, doing. Instant reaction to the Preds beating the San Jose Sharks 4-1 to open the season. Good stuff. We will have more to this episode um, later later on as Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins will join me as well. And we will talk more about it later in the week. It's been fun. Friday or Saturday, I should say. Uh, the Preds and the Sharks will play again. Got to get off to a quick start. Tweet the show at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Comment on the live streams. Catch up on past episodes. We always love hearing from you. This is Chad Mitten of Catfish on Ice Podcast. Thanks for watching. Go Preds. We will see you later on. We are back on Catfish on Ice. This is episode 149. Thank you for joining me. This is your host, Chad Minton. Catfish on Ice presented by DraftKings, promo code THPN, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network as we continue to react to the Nashville Predators opening up the 2022-23 season with a 4-1 win against the San Jose Sharks. Opened up the episode with um, just some instant reaction right after the game ended, jumped on live, talked about it, got into really what stood out about the game. We covered Kiefer Sherwood opening up the game with the first goal of the season. We talked about Mark Torvietsky and how he has stood out on behind the glass, but also the fact that he got the start unexpectedly over Jeremy Lausanne. We talked about Nino Niederreiter and how he got a goal on a really great assist from Dante Fabro. A lot of good stuff we covered in the opening segment. Now, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the numbers. 
from one of the great websites that you need to be following and using if you're really into the numbers underneath the main box score. So we all go to like the NHL app, right? We look at shots on goal. We look at all the, but moneypuck.com is my favorite site to go to, to really look at some of the other numbers. We're going to look at how this game really broke out. Some of the players that really stood out according to moneypuck.com. We're going to look at some of the uh, team stats in that game. And then we are going to look at the schedule ahead. Some of the next games coming up, including the back-to-back. The Preds are going to play the Sharks again tomorrow. If you're listening to the episode the following day, then guess what? The Preds are probably going to be playing here in a couple hours if you're listening to the episode the following day. So uh, the Preds, you know, back-to-backs are never easy. Teams always make adjustments. I don't care who's lining up on the other side. I don't care that it's the San Jose Sharks. They're going to make adjustments, and the Predators better come out ready to go. So before we get to that again, we are presented by DraftKings. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So guess what, everybody? If you would have thrown down with our promo code THPN earlier today, you would have won $200 in free bets on the Predators. All you would have had to done is throw down $5 on that team. So guess what? You can do that right now. And it doesn't have to be the Predators. It can be any hockey team that you are feeling confident about. Throw $5 down on that team, and you can win $200 in free bets if that team wins for new users. Some matchups early on. I got to tell you, throw $5 down the Predators to win again. They looked good. They looked like the dominant team. Why not? And you will win $200 in free bets. If that isn't enough excitement. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN. At the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see our show notes below for details on gambling help and if you have a gambling problem or crisis or need counseling. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. DraftKings, promo code THPN. All right. Rolling along here, Catfish on Ice, episode 149 with your host, Chad Minton. All right, I want to dive a little bit more into the numbers with from moneypuck.com when it comes to the Predators versus the Sharks as the Predators won 4-1. to one. You're looking at the win probability of the game. They rate this throughout the game, all the way to the very end of regulation. So... When the game started, the Predators had a 68.45% chance to win going into the game when the game first started. It never got higher than that for the Sharks. The Sharks did get up to a 56.34 chance to win when the game was tied. So it it did get kind of close there for a little bit, but it got a little bit up in the air. But for the most part, the Predators controlled this game, according to Money Puck, when it comes to the win probability. The deserve to win meter I love that name. Sometimes you'll see teams who win, but they maybe didn't deserve to win. Maybe they got a bunch of lucky bounces. Maybe just some crazy things happen. Money Puck gives the deserve to win meter a 75.7% chance to the Nashville Predators. So it looks like the Predators deserved to win this game, which with your eye test, you can probably agree with that. Um, Let's look at some players who really stood out according to Money Puck. I didn't expect this player to come out, but guess what? Matt Duchesne leads all the Predators in expected goals for in this game. 
with over with 1.19 expected four goals, according to Money Puck, was Matt Duchesne. Ryan Johansson comes in second place on the team with a 0.86 expected goals for. Anyone remember that breakaway that Johansson had late? Uh, it was kind of midway in the game, I guess you should, guess you could say. Ryan Johansson was loose, as big of a breakaway as you could ever get unless it is a shootout situation. Ryan Johansson, it was him and the goaltender. He tried to do his patented deke backhand nifty little goal to trick Reimer. Reimer had to sprawl out. And to Reimer's credit, he made a really good save on Ryan Johansson. But that was a big moment in the game, kind of when the Predators honestly had control of the game at that point. Johansson finishes with three shots on goal in the game. Um, we all wanted to see what Johansson would do with Niederreiter in that line. And even though Johansson didn't register any points in this game, his line did very well. Most notably Sherwood and Niederreiter, of course. But he comes in second, surprisingly enough, on the expected goals for. Tanner Janot comes in there in third, 0.62. Mikael Granlin's in there. You see Philip Forsberg in there, of course. You always expect expect to see Forsberg high up on that list every game. Kiefer Sherwood, he scores the actual goal itself, but he also comes in at 0.34 expected goals for, which you can argue, honestly, he scored himself a hard-working, dirty goal, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, um, and he just made the most out of his situation. So looking on the shark side, you got Nick Benito with a 0.83 expected goals, according to Money Puck, to lead the team. So Nick Benito uh, had himself a decent game, according to Money Puck. You're looking, let's look more at the Predators and the rest of the roster and how they did. Kiefer Sherwood logs ends up logging two points for the day, a goal and an assist in only 10 and a half minutes of ice time, mind you. So a super efficient debut for the Predators for Kiefer Sherwood. Got to pull up this tweet here from NHL Public Relations. I got to find it. I've been all over social media media today covering this game. And i got to make sure I have the right stat here. So from NHL Public Relations, Nino Niederreiter and Kiefer Sherwood each had a team debut to remember in the National Predators' season opening win at the 2022 NHL Global Series. Niederreiter and Sherwood each scored a goal in their team debut with the Predators it marked the second game in franchise history where multiple players scored in their team debut. The last time this happened, October 5th, 2006, J.P. Dumont and Joseph Vasicek. Don't even remember that second player. I do remember J.P. Dumont very clearly. That was the only time in Preds history that two players in their team debut for this team scored a goal. So pretty cool stuff there. Need a writer and Sherwood score. David Poyle has got to be feeling pretty good about himself right now because two of his offseason acquisitions scored in their first game. So pretty interesting stuff there. Sherwood again in very, very minimal ice time, 10 and a half minutes, puts up two points and also locks two penalty minutes. Uh, let's see, Matt Duchesne. As I said, led the team and expected goals four. Has five shots on goal, won a faceoff. Ends up scoring a garbage time goal, so you got to take that for what it is. But still, Niederreiter scores a goal on his one shot on goal the entire game. Mikel Granlin gets four shots on goal. Ellie Tolvanen, who scores a goal in this game, gets three shots on goal in 13 minutes of ice time. Scrolling down here, looking at some of the other players and what really sticks out. Cody Glass was a really, really big focal point going into this game. Of course, we all saw the emotional moment in the Behind the Glass episode where David Poyle and John Hines revealed to Cody Glass that he made the team. He's going to Europe. He logs twelve min a little over 12 minutes of ice time, logs an assist to his credit. Good job there. Gets one shot on goal. 
won seven faceoffs, everybody. That cannot be overlooked. Seven faceoff wins for Cody Glass tonight. And he is really good in the faceoff circle. We all know he is. So a decent night for him there. He also lost eight faceoffs, but the fact that he still was was effective in the faceoff circle is something to be noted. Roman Yossi, we're usually used to just uh, every time the Preds win, we're like, well, Roman Yossi had to have something to do with that. Well, he had a quiet night by his standards, but that doesn't mean he had a bad game necessarily. Uh, Yossi puts up three shots on goal, uh, had three shot block shots. Still a good game from Yossi. It's just not his normal game that you maybe expect because he's held to such a high, ridiculous standard. But the captain still had a good game. Of course, Mark Borowiecki was really a big focal point as he ends up playing in place of Jeremy Lazan was a big surprise by a lot of people. Borowiecki puts up just short of 13 minutes of ice time, gets a shot on goal, logs five penalty minutes with that fight that he had in the game. No shocker there, of course. And, yeah. So, Borowiecki gets in on the action to open the season. So those are some of your underlying numbers here from the team as the Predators win 4-1 to one over the San Jose Sharks, and they got to turn around and do it all over again. Really quick turnaround here. Um, going way into the future here. Money Puck gives the Nashville Predators a 4.3% chance to win the Stanley Cup, an 8.8% chance to make it to the Stanley Cup final, a 17.7% chance to make the third round. And, I mean, Predators fans are starting to forget what it feels like to get out of the first round at this point. Money Puck gives the Predators a 35.4% chance to finally get out of the first round of the playoffs for the first time since 2018. I don't know. 35% chance, man. That seems kind of low. I don't know. I don't like that. But we'll see. So that those are all those numbers are courtesy of moneypup.com, a great site. All right. As we move along here in episode 149 of Catfish on Ice with your host Chad Minson on this Friday night. We hope everyone's going to have an awesome weekend. They're going into the weekend with these winning vibes as the Predators treat us to a win. Let's, before we wrap up episode 149, let's look ahead at the schedule ahead here. Because we know that they're playing the Sharks tomorrow. Again, on a back-to-back. Very rare, right, to open a season on a back-to-back. It doesn't happen very often. I have to go back and look and see when when has it happened. But, you know, in the NHL Global Series, which is a great opportunity and chance for the Predators to showcase their brand on an international level, I really wish that the NHL would have done a better job of promoting this to the point where they even put out a tweet saying the season is 10 days away, but really the global series was only six days away. It's like, how do you forget your own event here? But put that aside here. Let's look ahead at the next schedule. So Saturday, the next day, they're playing the Sharks again at the same time from Prague. Then they get a four-day break, a four-day break to come back to the United States, get settled in, so nice of the NHL to give the Predators a four-day break to get to get reacclimated to the United States and get get their legs back underneath them and maybe sleep it off a little bit, the jet lag or whatever you might get. But that Thursday at Bridgestone Arena to open their home schedule, they will take on the Dallas Stars. And that game never has any shortage of drama. Dallas Stars are an interesting matchup because they got Jason Robertson re-signed, which was really what was hanging around over their heads, was they got to get Jason Robertson re-signed. It lingered on way longer than anyone thought it would, and but they got it done. And so now suddenly the Dallas Stars, you know, I've got them right on that playoff bubble. Uh, preseason-wise, I think that they are – a tick or two behind the Predators, but obviously a lot can change between now and then. But I I think that they are still a a playoff team for sure. 
My question is, do they have enough younger dynamic talent to override a aging roster? They do have a very aging roster. I mean, Jamie Benn is – I mean, he's getting up there. He's the captain. He's a great player. No one's taking that away from him. But is he at his prime anymore? I don't think he is. What more does he have to give this season? I look at the rest of their roster. Rupe Hintz is a really good younger player. I I think he's very underrated. So you got to watch out for Rupe Hintz. Of course, Pavelski. I mean – he found the fountain youth last year, and you've always got to take him seriously. And so we'll be watching Pavelski. He he can burn you. And, of course, Tyler Sagan. I mean, he's another player who is getting on up there when it comes to hockey years. He's not old by regular terminology, but in hockey years, he's getting on the back nine of his hockey career. So I just don't know about that Ford group outside of Jason Robertson. It's a lot of aging players and a lot of unproven players. Defensively, they're very middle of the road. You got Miro Haskinen, who is a dark horse Norris Trophy candidate. In fact, in a previous episode of Catfish on Ice, when we did our Season predictions, I threw out a hot take of a century, and I predicted Miro Haskinen to win the Norris Trophy in 2023. But outside of him, eh, their defensive core doesn't impress me that much. Ryan Suter, eh, way over the hill. And they've got some other, you know, Lindell is a decent, really good defenseman. He's a good defensive defenseman. Nothing to slouch at, but still, they don't impress me a lot. Here's where I think that the Dallas Stars could go further than anyone maybe anticipates, and that's, of course, their young goaltender, Jake Ottinger, who I think could easily not only get his first Vesna Trophy nomination this year, but I actually think he could win a Vesna very, very soon. Maybe not this year. He's probably a little further away from actually winning one. But could he get a nomination this year? I think so. What he did in the postseason last year in the very short stint that the that the Stars were in the playoffs, he was nothing short of spectacular. So it's going to be a really hard, hard test for the Predators to come back to. You know, and it's they might be a little rusty coming back to the United States from, from that crazy and fun and memorable trip overseas. They've been over there for a while now. You got to remember their training camp was cut a little short so that they could play against SC Bern in Switzerland for their last preseason game. So they've been over there for a while. So you got to realize that when they get back over stateside, it might take a, a day or two for them to really get back into the full swing of things naturally. So that game is going to be a very tough test. And then guess what? They got to play the Dallas Stars again at Dallas. Um, two days later. Then they'll follow up with a home matchup against the LA Kings, which I've got the LA Kings in my preseason predictions as winning that division. They were my sleeper hot take pick to win the Pacific division, the LA Kings. I think that they are a team that has methodically rebuilt their roster into a team that can make some noise this year. So Preds versus the Kings at home on October 18th. Going to be a really, really tough matchup. And then October 20th, they'll travel to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets on the road. So that is their upcoming schedule there. Assuming they take care of business again and they can open up the season 2-0, then that matchup on the 13th when they come back home to open up their Bridgestone Arena home opener against the Dallas Stars. That is going to be a big one, folks. So we can't wait for that. The season is up and running. We appreciate everyone for listening along throughout the offseason on Catfish on Ice. Follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Subscribe to the YouTube channel below. Comment on the live stream. My co-host Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins will be joining me for episode 150 next week for a brand new episode. So stay tuned for that. We always live stream our episodes. So make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Sign up for the notifications so that you know when live episodes of Catfish on Ice are coming your way throughout the season. 
We appreciate all of you. We have so many awesome listeners. We make the show so much better. And without them, we couldn't do this. Thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings, promo code THPN. Thank you to the Podcast Network for giving us a platform to bring this podcast to you. We hope you have an outstanding weekend. Have fun watching the Predators on Saturday afternoon hockey. Let's see if they can get off to a 2-0 start. They win their first game of the season 4-1 over the San Jose Sharks. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. This is Chad Mitten, your host of Catfish on Ice. We'll see you next week.